You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everyone. This is the Metal and High Heels podcast. My name is Pia. Um, after a long and very, very dis, uh, uh, exhausting <laughs> is the word I was looking for, illness, I am back on track. And I am here with... Kiki. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, you can find the show notes with everything we mentioned during the show at metal-and-hiles.com slash podcast, um, because I was so um, away for such a long time. I don't know which episode this is, but you will find every episode there. And today we talk to the Tex Avery syndrome. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, it's Laura. I sing. Hi, hi, and here's Nico. Um, I'm the guitarist. Can you say singing? Uh, yeah, shouting. I would say shouting <laughs> and screaming. Maybe a little bit of singing in the future, but mainly screaming. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and before we start with a normal introduction of your brand, um, you are big comic fans. That's um, that's already the band's name that tells us this. So what's the story behind this? You like Looney Tunes. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Tex Avery was the first comic illustrator uh, who did uh, stuff like Bugs Bunny, for example. And uh, I remember we wanted to have a name that was not too evil because we're like fun people to hang out and, you know, kind of every band sounded the same and we've been looking for a name for such a long time and I remember my other guitar player came up with that name after he drank all night and I was like really drunk <laughs> and then I, I remember he like called me and was like I got a name I got a name <laughs> and we're like yeah that's, that's pretty cool that's when all the best ideas come right <laughs> and and it's it was also like a release for us because it's really hard to to find a cool name i mean everything's already out there if you google it um there there are already two bands in america who has the same name or um it's too i don't know um uh, artificial the names so um it was it was good from the first second and uh, we thought yeah that's that's what we are That's nice. And are you also a big comic fan? Um, when I was a kid, I loved getting up early on Sundays and watching all the comics. Um, nowadays, I barely watch any TV anymore except some series, but I still love like stuff like Family Guy and Simpsons. Yeah, for me, not so much, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I know all the stuff and especially the old cartoons are really cool, like old school. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, I think, um, it's, it's a little over the top all the time. And this, um, is something that is the same for us, especially on stage sometimes. Um, and as Laura said, we're, we're, um, having fun a lot of times together. So yeah, it's a good match. So you don't, um, watch the, the current Marvel and DC stuff. Well, uh, it's, um, I, I don't know. It's it's too much money in there, and it's just um, 
their purpose is just to to earn money with it and mm. um I, I think you feel it also in the movie making i'm a big movie fan but i don't like the the huge 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 blockbusters um um that that just um are made for the for the effect and um yeah so that's that's not my favorite uh, kind of movie okay All so right. now i'm gonna hand over the boring questions to kiki Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, before it gets, uh, um, it's not boring, but no, it's um, not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> before we go to the um, to the more typical questions, so to speak, I have a story to tell because this is a very special encounter for for me. Um, a few months ago, I mean, uh, last year, as people who listen to the po podcast regularly know. I spent uh, six months back in Ecuador in my home country. And when I came back to my office, I found an envelope and I rarely get any mail at my office. And I was very curious about this envelope and it was big and I opened it up and there was this album with an, oh. a really cool cover and stickers and everything and like the letter telling me that the Tex Avery Syndrome is releasing this album very soon and that they would like us to review it and I was like damn this is so cool I haven't yeah I hadn't wow. gotten a, a physical CD in such a long time and then it was sad because I couldn't play it because my laptop doesn't have a yeah, CD player anymore <laughs> And I couldn't play it anywhere, and so I um, I contacted uh, the record label, and they sent me a download um, link immediately. And then I just couldn't find the time to write about the the, the record. So I'm very very happy to have you two uh, here tonight, so that we can talk about it, and so that I can ask you everything about that. But first, of course, uh, tell us everything about yourselves. How was it growing up? What music did you, did you listen to? Go uh, ahead. Like a general about ourselves or about the record? First about you yeah. as, as musicians, <laughs> as persons. Um, I grew up with music. I started playing or singing in a choir when I was a kid. Um, I started playing several instruments like um, the guitar, a little bit of uh, keys, but it never really, never really 100% satisfied me. And I grew up with crunch music because, like, my cousins, they're like 10 years older than I, and they all grew up with um, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and um, I found oh, yeah. the yeah I found the CDs on their um, floor at home like in their bedroom and started listening to it. And that's how I got into heavy music. And I always wanted to have a heavy band, but I was in the beginning, I was very shy. And I remember like my ex roommate, he mm -hmm. was a singer in a metal band, but he left because he wanted to, to do some other music. I was like, ah, okay. damn it. I, I just tried. So I brought like a lot of beer, drank some before I got there. And just started screaming, and that was um, the old band of my drummer and guitar player called mm -hmm. called Reckless, and yeah, it was fun. So I started with screaming in that band for a while, and then we broke up because it was just musically all sorts of directions which we couldn't find foundation anymore. But mm -hmm. my guitar player and drummer, we decided to start a new band after a while because we missed it and. Then 
think right after we jammed for a while, I asked Nico to join just jamming with us and it immediately clicked. Mm -hmm. So that's how the band, the text every center was formed. And besides that, nice. I love, um, I love a lot of sports. Um, I love boxing. I box and I like half a year ago, I got into bouldering. Um, yeah, that's what I do in my free time. Oh, nice. I gave up bouldering about a year ago because I fell off and hurt my ankle. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, oh. and now I'm too afraid. I tried um, when my ankle was healed. I tried it again, but I'm too afraid to fall down again. And so I wouldn't improve myself and then it's not fun anymore. Yeah, when you have when, like your mind, you're mentally like afraid of hurting yourself again. Yeah. And... But it's a cool sport. I love doing this. Yeah, it's really the first time that my mind is just shut off. The only thing that I'm thinking about is the next step that I have to take. Mm. And usually, like, my mind is, like, full with a lot of things. But when I go bouldering, it's just quiet. So I love that. Yeah, and it's also That's cool so nice. when, you, when you fail with the root all the time and then one day you, you do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, I love the feeling. And yeah, and what I've learned, what I started is audio engineering. So I'm an audio engineer and I work for a social startup and we do democration work, uh, integration work with teenagers and young adults uh, on a foundation of music and art. So wow. we empower them with writing their own songs, with hip hop dance, um, music, sports. So that's what I'm doing for a living. That's really interesting. That's really cool. So Nico, tell us about yourself. Uh, I could start with the climbing thing because um, for me as a kid, um, my, my parents took me to the mountains all the time. So um, I, be I began climbing when I was five or so. So uh, we, we've been to Austria all the time. And um, so this, this was a main part of my life until I was 18, 19. So every time, every, um, every holiday was climbing, bouldering, but um, most of the times outdoor. So this this is a part of my of my childhood, a big part of my childhood. Um, when it comes to instruments, um, I was um, on a on a like musical focused, um, not musical um, music focused um, school in Hanau, um, and I played piano, I played flute, I was also in a co uh, in a co um, choir choir mm -hmm. um, as a soprano. Oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, when I was um, 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and um, I, I think I, I started being uh, interested in heavier music when I was 16, 17, when one of my friends took me to like a discotheque in our area. And um, at first, every every song sound, sounded the same to me and it was just loud. It was like... Um, good rhythm but i couldn't uh, really find the differences between the songs and um yeah but uh, in the end i i started playing um playing guitar uh, learned it on my own mm -hmm. and um yeah uh, from there i i started playing in in our um our band in school um, um when i when i finished school 
there, um, like like cover songs and um, the first real band is really the Texary syndrome now for me. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's um, a good challenge uh, actually to to write your own music uh, far more than um, just just covering songs. So um, this was the first challenge for me when we started. I mean, it's it's already uh, several years. We we started in two thousand and eleven. I would say we're um, it brings a lot to to. Um, to, to uh, do music and to, to write music with other people because in the end it um, it ends with an um, with a mixture of all um, all styles that everyone has um, mm -hmm. and different influences so that's that's really the the fun bit of of making music for me and not so much covering so yeah yeah cool and what's your day job? Since we're uh, already on the topic, yeah, I'm I'm a marketeer. Uh, I work in a in a corporate company, and um, yeah, I try to get the money of the people. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in, in a digital environment. I'm responsible for website of a company you all know. It's very it's practical. Uh, both of your uh, skills from your day job, so to speak, are very ah, useful yeah. for the band. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Um, uh, in the end, um, it's it's um, we're not. Um, a, a band that has enough um, resources, like um, financial resources, to um, actually pay people to do um, most of the things uh, we're we're doing most of um, of um, like, like the designs and stuff on our own. Um, I mean, now we're already on a stage where we can also um, effort, effort to um, to pay some some external um yeah resources as i said but um yeah at, at the beginning it's it's more like um we do everything from music to designs to merchandise to booking so um it's it's good to have people that um have an eye for for some some topics yeah or ear <laughs> or ear yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's really cool did i hear a cat in the background Are we all cat people here? I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm more a dog <laughs> dog person, to be honest. I also have a dog, but uh, we also have two two cats. Uh, that was not my decision. <laughs> Can we rename this podcast in cats, beer, and heavy metal? Uh, <laughs> I go on mute now. <laughs> He's like, the cat is sitting right next to him. He's like, fuck off. <laughs> And she directly stops um, when I go on mute. So. <laughs> All right. So we are at the point in your history where the Tex Avery syndrome has gotten to be a band. What happened after? Mm, after we started playing music? Yeah, you found each other, the band was um, founded. So for, for us, it, we wanted to find out what kind of music do we want to do. And to be honest, like, who are we? Like, what do we want to do? So um, mm -hmm. we just jammed for a very, very long time, like finding out, like going softer, going harder, until we finally figured out what sound we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. um, we had a new, like our bass player, he left uh, for Australia. So he wow. lives, I think, not sure if he lives in New Zealand or Australia now, but 
yeah, he's, he's been there for a year. And he was like, oh, you know what? It's just keep on living here. Bye. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, we got a new bass player. And then we started writing new music mm -hmm. and started playing shows. But in the beginning, it was more like a bunch of people playing music. And suddenly, like, the way it was for me, it's like, like okay, people actually like this. That's pretty cool. So people want us to play. So from year to year, it got more serious. Um, I, th I think uh, um, one thing is that we always did just the, th uh, the stuff that uh, we liked as um, as a band. So um, we we started doing music that we liked and we, we liked um, to, uh, to listen on our own. Um, we did like T-shirts because we had um, <laughs> we wanted on uh, on T-shirts with our band logo on it, and mm -hmm. um, so so this started this way. And the the moment that you really um, found out that that other people like it, it's like just a benefit, just one thing on top. the The main thing is that that we are we were friends from the beginning, and um, It's it's uh, like like a family being together with the guys and um, making mo mo uh, mo not movies but <laughs> music um, is like um, the best hobby you can have and um, when it comes to a stage where you um, can get a little bigger and play huge shows we we played really uh, overwhelming shows over uh, over the last um, nine years now um, it's really incredible to to um to see what what can grow out of uh, out of nothing or really just five people having fun making their own music sure that's amazing very cool and the main topic today of course is your latest album origin right yeah actually the first album like Uh, we dropped Your debut an, album. Yeah, we dropped wow. an EP called Wolf City, which has been like kind of our first songs we ever wrote. Mm -hmm. And then we started, yeah, writing the first full length origin, right? Um, it was a long process, I would say. Um, so from songwriting, it's um, it's a full length album, and this is um, far more. Um, Yeah, it takes far more time than making an EP with six songs. Um, obviously, because it's like 43 minutes of, of music and uh, we all have full-time jobs. Um, and we want, as, as we um, always do, we want to um, make the best out of, um, um, yeah, out of every project. And uh, especially an album is, uh, is a special a special project for a band everyone wants to wants to do an, uh, an album uh, mm -hmm. in his in his band career and so we yeah we wanted to um, have something that we're we're proud of um yeah from from the after the music was was finished we we did a pre-production in our studio studio not in our studio in our um rehearsal room um so on our own um to get a feeling for the songs to optimize songs here and there um to understand where we can um add samples for example um and uh, this process um for its own i don't know took took um one year also with with some breaks in it because we had some some per personal issues in that time um so after that year we really um 
with that we went to a studio and recorded everything and from there it really uh, took another year um, to um, to have a final version um, that that we thought yes we can um, we can release that and um, fr from there it's it's also uh, things if you want to release an album you think about okay will you release it on your own will you have an a label to to support you with that or sure. what do, what do do you need else um do you need merchandise special merchandise for it do you need um laura help me what what do we need else like a release show uh, do we do uh, we need an uh, obviously we need a design for for the album so there are a lot of um different uh, side side uh, projects that need to be done for the album and um yeah uh, we we at that point, um, there's a lot, so so much to do that we, um, for the first time in the band band's history, we really did some some um, what's the word for it? Uh, we split the we split the projects and everyone took over one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so so not everyone is involved in every every a bit because it wasn't possible anymore. Um, yeah, and um, so after I, I don't know two and a half years um, from the the EP, we we finally managed to, or even three years after the EP, we finally managed to release the album last October, and um, are really proud that also a label was interested in in um, in releasing with us, supporting us. It's Noisegate Records. Um, they they uh, wrote the nice letter you received yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and um yeah so um it was a huge huge um success for us to to really manage this and also finally bring it to life after this mm. this long, um, long in period. retrospect is there something that you would do in another way if you could repeat the whole process Um, there have been obviously some struggles, which pretty much I think any band has when they're recording stuff, especially when it's the first time getting that serious. Um, or um, let me differently. Um, let me ask I the think, question in um, another way. Um, if you would be able to write a letter to your former self, um, what would you write? What would you give as an advice? Well, I think um, what I have to say to this point is um, nowadays when you release an album, like the entire outer world expects it to be perfect. And um, when I look back at old records, which I really love, like Old Lamb of God, like Old Evergreen Terrace, they're like incredible songs and they kind of sound like they were recorded in, in a garage somewhere but still they're like fucking amazing and nowadays if even if you're just a, a newcomer you have to have this overly creatively produced record and it's not allowed anymore to um make any faults or to be imperfect and for us at some point it was like okay at this stage we have to let it go to release it and of course there are like things like looking back especially at the vocals and like ah, i should have done differently or if i hear it now i would love to re-record it because i can do it better now but 
at some point you just have to stop and say, okay, you know, we are kind of a band which, you know, gets a bit of attention. We are like very thankful for this. But also on the other hand, we do not have, you know, that much money to put into it as we maybe wanted it to. So at some point you just have to say, okay, it's, there are points which are like kind of imperfect, but that's okay. And I hope that um, maybe the outer world will, you know, have not so many um, high expectations anymore into bands because it's very important to, to try. Just try something, do it even when it sounds shitty, go for it. It's okay to be imperfect. And um, I think we, we now know a better way to record faster. Um, when we write new songs now, we immediately make a demo version of it. We, we immediately, you know, see, okay, does it really work? So we do not have to do that in the studio anymore. Um, yep. So I think we really grew with the making. So I think for me, of course, there are things that I would do differently now, but looking back, I think it's totally fine the way it is and just let it go. And it's okay to be imperfect. And um, people, there are people who actually like the rough sound. What we wanted is we didn't want to sound overly produced. So um, we step back a little and said, make it more like a natural sound. And that's what people like. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, and I think also um, it's music. Uh, obviously, you can't be at at one hundred percent. There's too much involved in in this long long period of time where you're working on that project, um, where obviously mistakes happen. Where uh, we have um, not only this this uh, this one project. Everyone has his personal life, um, and yeah. In in the end. Um, we we learn some things but it's more process wise how we can be um how it can be a little bit faster how we can make our life easier how we can bet uh, can we be bet, be better pre prepared for um, the next studio recording stuff like this but um I, I think generally we can be proud of ourselves to um to have um have done such a such a huge project mm. Um, is there a concept behind the album or a, a topic that the songs deal with? Mm, lyrically, definitely, yes. Not sure about like the instrumental part, but as Nico said before, during the process of writing the songs, we um, some people in the band struggled a lot with their private lives. Like um, some lost uh, very close family members like parents um and i'm me personally i've been sick for like almost nine months um so we all like uh, another guy in the band split up um you know broke up uh, with their partner and it's been like really hard and for me um yeah i have lost a lot of people in a very short time like five people that has been, have been really close to me, like one of my best friends, my dad, my uncle, and my granddad during that time. And there's definitely mm -hmm. a lot of pain and a lot of dealing with loss and death and uh, also with my own mental health, battling with the things that happened to me. Mm -hmm. That's one of the uh, topics that we really 
like to talk about because, of course, nowadays it's not that much uh, stigmatized anymore to talk about mental health and therapy and, uh, you know, seeking for reaching out to professionals for help, so to speak. So um, do you have any advice for people who might be currently struggling like you? Um, it's okay to feel sad and to feel stuck. And it is absolutely okay to reach out for help. And it's even necessary to reach out for help because it will get better and there is help. Um, sometimes it takes a bit to find like maybe the right therapist, um, but, uh, don't give up. I've learned so much from looking at what happened to me. I could not decide what happened to me, but I, I can't decide how I look at things. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you're not alone. There are people who feel like you. And even if you might feel like you don't have a family member or a friend you can trust. There's like incredible um, help and pages on the internet. Like um, there's like one organization, it's called To Write Love on Her Arms and it's uh, very inspiring. And even just checking out what they have to say and what you can do is already pretty helpful. Yeah, I can imagine. Please send us uh, the link to that organization so that we can put it in the, in the show notes. And talking about show notes, everybody can find them at metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast 66. Thank you. <laughs> yes. We are also everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube with a lot of interviews. So check us out. Yeah. Um, coming back to the album... Do you have, um, for you as musicians, but especially also for the album, do you have any musically influences? Um, that's, I think it's an interesting question because each of us, like every single one ha has different genre they like the most. Um, there's definitely one band we all love and it's Lamb of God. We can definitely agree on that. Um, me personally... I don't, especially when I do write my own songs, I don't listen to much metal. Um, so I can't really say that I'm, during writing the record, I was inspired by this or that metal band. Uh, when I write my own music, I listen to like very soft um, music. But yeah, we, we love groovy music, definitely. Um, Nico is very much into like, classic rock too maybe he wants to say something about that well um yeah <clears throat> when when i um when i entered rock music or i get the first impression of rock music it was also uh, always acdc that um that was one of my favorite and um is still one of my favorite bands um and um yeah i th i think i still have that um that kind of music music also in in my in my um in my blood when i <laughs> when i write music and um also like like more the groovy metal blues southern southern metal um southern rock like um blackstone cherry and stuff like this but uh, also more 
hardcore bands like Straight From The Path. Um, so it's 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 a huge range of guitar music. It's it's all all done with uh, guitars, but um, in the end, so so much different. Um, yeah, and that's that's my my personal influences when it comes to um, the others. Um, as as Laura said, we has have some some bands in common where where we say, okay, this is. Um, uh, this is one of the bands I we we, li we like most, but um, in the end, everyone has its own influences, and it's um, totally okay in the songwriting processes. Um, and everything is allowed, so um, we have no no limits and say, okay, we need this um, rhythm, we need this um, I don't know um, lick um, or this drum part here. Um, we have no song structure. <laughs> My Google says something to us. <laughs> um, where do we have to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah so we have we have no no real rules everything is allowed when it comes to song structure or riffing um and in the end i think this this also helps for example the album to be not um uh, not lame because every every song has a has a, a different approach um I mean, if I if I would show it my mom, I, she would say, "Okay, it's all screaming." But uh, <laughs> um, if you if you're more into into the music, um, you understand that 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 the songs are really different. Um, and I would say, when we start songwriting for next album, this this will will be even even more because we have more ideas. We know what what works and what not. So um, yeah. I would say a good mixture of all participants in making music. It's very interesting that you say that because um, when I first finally listened to your album, I liked it. I really liked how much energy it has, how much, um, yeah, it's very energizing. It's very, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I And I think I could listen to what you're saying like to all of the 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 flavors is the word that comes to mind right now um that the different songs have and that was the difficulty for me to i thought to myself if i would i i, I couldn't really write about it in that moment because it just felt so um all over the place but in a good way like mm -hmm. i couldn't i just couldn't put it uh categorize it or or say well uh, this was inspired maybe or, or influenced by this other band or it's just a very it is a unique sound that has very yeah very many elements that come together in a really cool way i mean um as you said it's it's hard to categorize and mm -hmm. we saw that with all reviews we received because we were metal we were hardcore we were i don't know yeah. groove metal and death metal and thrash uh, metal <laughs> and yeah all all wikipedia entries of metal we had um 80% of them so mm -hmm. no we 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 actually don't know what music we are making we are doing our own music and um have different influences but not one specific and uh and this is what what uh, keeps us surprising our, ourselves um and this is the um, the thing that we need to um, keep up because this is the fun part. Um, if we if we play ten ten songs on stage and uh, we ourselves have the feeling that we that we played one song, 
where is the fun? I I I uh, I personally like like being um, yeah di diverse when when it comes to to music music. Yeah. yeah, just do unexpected things. Just try try go for it and see what you know what the result is. And yeah, somehow it works. Um, and yeah, I I think we were saying that we're doing modern metal, uh, hardcore modern metal. There's definitely, uh, even though we barely listen to any hardcore ourselves, you could definitely hear some hardcore animal uh, elements maybe come from my voice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we were saying, now if, if our sound is a Tex Avery syndrome, I think that's the best way to say it. And um, if I had to put a genre on it, I would say it's modern metal with a lot of groove. Yeah. Now that you mention your voice, Do, did you get any kind of training? Did you just uh, teach you teach it to yourself, so to speak, as well? Um, I didn't really had any training. I think I benefited a lot from uh, the breathing techniques I learned in the choir, which is uh, like mm -hmm. the breathing techniques that you have in singing are quite similar, which you're yeah. using in in shouting. Um, so I think I really benefited from that a lot. And then I, I just tried, I tried, I tried to see, okay, what feels good, what feels bad. I, I was screaming in my car, recorded it with my phone. And then, uh, I was getting, um, I think a lot of people might know her, um, Lisa Cross, the Sen of Screaming DVDs, mm -hmm. uh, which have been also really helpful for me to, you know, control if what I'm doing is right. And, um, Yeah, like after this, but I'm still growing. When I like listen to old demo recordings, I'm like, oh my god, that was my voice. And then uh, seeing how how much I grew over the past one two years, especially since we got in ear monitoring, I never thought that uh, I would love in ear monitoring. But mm -hmm. like my voice got so much better because I don't have to fight the the monitor on stage anymore. Yeah. So and right at the moment again, and I'm. I'm You know, trying some new stuff, but I, I try to, um, yeah, get better and better um, with every year I'm playing in this band. Cool. That's so important too, because the the voice is such a delicate instrument, and it's not something that you can see what you're doing wrong in order to correct it. Right. Yeah, you can see maybe a little bit with the breathing and what your mouth is doing, but. Um, for me, it was definitely very helpful, like getting into um, the physical body and seeing like, okay, where are the vocal cords, where are the false cords, um, like the soft palate, what is it doing? And mm -hmm. finding out how de these kind of things work um, helped me immensely with shaping or getting like, yeah, like forming the voice. So you are an autodidact, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I love, I, I need to know what I'm doing. You know, when I know what I'm doing or where everything in my body is, I feel like um, I can protect myself better from, you know, damaging. Injury, yeah. Yeah, injury. That's great advice as well. Yes. Um, should we go to our next topic? Yes. Um, Pia, you were... Oh, I will. <laughs> We did that already. Yeah. Come back. Asleep. Come back. 
I'm here. I also have cats um, in my flat, and one of them just sat on my lap and um, did this oh. noise that cats always do. So <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I had to mute myself. <laughs> um, yes, we have another topic that we were talking about to a lot of, especially female singers. Um, we. This, the topic was one of the reasons why we started our magazine, um, and it is sexism. Um, mm. And Laura, you also work as a model, so um, you have you might have another view on the whole topic of sexism. Do you feel uh. that you experience it a lot in um, as a singer and as a model, and where is it worse or? Can you compare these two um, professions that you have? Um, I have um, experienced sexual abuse when I was a kid. Um, that really definitely um, yeah, was like a huge burden for me to carry through my teenager years. Um, I feel like, you know, I started when I was very young, I started with combat sports and um, I hang out a lot with um, like a lot, most of my friends, they were like boys and uh, I became very tough as a, as a young kid. And um, I must say like personally, besides the horrible thing that happened to me as, as a kid, um, I always had my stand in the world and I, besides that, never really experienced gladly anything else. Um, but I heard it a lot from my friends, like, who get touched or people say, like, very sexist things to them. Um, so I, I think me personally, also working in a job, like, as an audio engineer, which is very... Um, male dominated um, mm -hmm. I think either way I was very good at you know making myself uh, look superior so nobody was like really trying to harm me um, but yeah even, even like singing in the band everybody was like always super um, uh, nice and um, Like and as a, as a girl on stage or even stage diving, I, I never experienced anything like negative in that way. But I heard it a lot from friends of mine, and um, I, I am glad that you know things are changing a little bit now. Mm. Um, but we're it's still a long way to go. Yeah, that's true. But I think that women get more visible, especially in the metal genre, over the past I don't know ten years, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in, in the past like five years, like there's a lot of female fronted bands um, coming and uh, also like really great bands. You know, I think it's great to see um, that it becomes more and more. But yeah, I think we, we definitely, it's still a long way to go and um, we have to continue speaking up and continue um talking what happens to us um yeah yes exactly um i also just wanted to say thank you for uh, sharing your experience and i'm so sorry that happened to you um there are i was 
as I mentioned earlier, I was in Ecuador uh, for six months last year, and I was working with a campaign to prevent violence against women in Ecuador. And the so I got in touch with the statistics of of those of that phenomenon, so to speak. Um, from over there, a little more, uh, a little more informed. And in Ecuador, for example, it's six of every 10 women who Ooh. suffer of any kind of violence against women. So uh, physical, sexual, uh, psychological, or yeah, there are many other yeah. kinds. But in Germany, it's actually not that much better. It's four of every 10 women who still... Um, are suffer from that uh yeah from that kind of of extreme sexism so there is definitely a long way to go but yeah the conversations are are changing and uh, that's a really cool thing something that has also um being been a side effect of all that global change is also the concept of masculinity has been has been approached as a as a thing so uh Nico, I wanted to ask you how you see that change or how do you define masculinity for yourself? Well, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's hard for um, for boys really also um, in that environment because um, <clears throat> it's at the same time, um, sometimes um, guys need to be um, like the real tough man and at the same time um, emotional um, at the same time kind of rough and at the same time um, fine and um, yeah um, in, in conversations um, I, I would say it's it's really um, a challenge because you don't uh, don't really f find really easy a place um, you want to to um, to grow too um, especially when you grow up um and yeah I, I think there's little um you have the same um influences as as uh, girls have in um in, in on instagram like in me in media um also the boys are, are struggling to um to get someone they they see um on on the media um and yeah Especially, um, I, I would say I, I grew up in a in a um, in an environment where um, all the things that you you've been talking about in the next last ten ten minutes were out of um, out of any um, um, not not realism. Um, I, I wanted to say um, this was this was um, like for me. I, I thought this this is uh, twenty forty years ago. So mm -hmm. it it was not um, something that I expected um, that it's still happening um, uh, in in our time. Mm -hmm. So um, not right now, but but when I when I grew up um, in, in in my family. So I, um, I, I it's 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 funny because my um, my girlfriend at, at some point wants me to be a little bit more. Um, 1990 than I am uh, 2020. Uh, I don't know if you understand what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, um, it's it's um, yeah. I grew up like um, that 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 every gender 
has the same rights, has the same role, has the same duties in um, in 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 everyday work um, uh, that both have the same um, um, yeah responsibilities when it comes to childcare. Uh, to um, I, I obviously not the same, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean when it when it comes to stay at home from job and stuff like this. So um, I think this changed um, um, also how how um, boys approach approach that. Um, not everyone, obviously, um, mm -hmm. but um, I think um, yeah, challenging for boys also, but. Um, I think we try to do the best to to make life easier also for for girls. Or I, I'm not sure if if I can say that for all men, but a lot of my generation would would say the same, I guess. Yes, and um, also do it. <laughs> Don't just say it. Also yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the generation of our parents there they grew up like you know, boys don't cry. You got to earn mm. the money. Be the man in the house and all that and Mm. Um, I think it's, it's still you can still see that but I think a lot of things have changed and I think um, I, I know guys who stayed at home like um, and and yeah the wife went back to work after having a kid so I think there should be more you know guys out there who are not afraid to give up and you know not really give it, it doesn't mean like giving up your manhood you know it's just yeah you're, you're you know you're still a man you can you know if you have equal rights you can you know it doesn't mean you're we're superior or someone is better or bigger we should all be equal yeah it's all about yes. equality um and the funny thing is that It's also good for a man's career when he takes several months off to take care of his children because that shows that he can take his responsibilities. That's right. a funny side note. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but I had like uh, often, like when when I started in a new job, they were like, yeah, uh, how old are you? Do you want to have kids? Do you have like a boyfriend or do you have like a husband at home? When are you planning to have kids? And we're like, you know, I, I want to work here. Like, why Why does it even matter? Because they have to pay me if I go, you know, if I'll leave, leave or, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, that's really like, like getting that question is like, it's weird because, you know, it, it's my body. Maybe I don't even want to have kids, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. It does, it, you know, I, I'm perfect for that work because, you know, I have the skills and, um, yeah. Yeah, they are not even allowed to ask this and, If you go to the core of the questions, they want to know things about your uterus, and that's yeah. that's so ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> It's none of their business. I don't want to talk yeah. about my uterus <laughs> to someone yeah. who I want to work with. So I don't know. That's it's crazy. Okay, so thank you for answering our questions so openly. That was a very nice conversation. Um, is there you. anything you want to say to your fans and to people who don't know you yet? Maybe where they can find your stuff on the internet, your songs and everything. Um, ah, this is the advertising blog. Okay. Laura, please start. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, the text Avery Syndrome. Um, I want to thank everybody for their support through the years. And even if 
you just recently found us. Thank you for listening to us. Um, we love playing live. We love to connecting to the people who listen to our music. So um, if you live in Germany, there are uh, coming some shows this year, definitely. Uh, you can check that on Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for being here, <laughs> for talking to us. For joining yeah. us, yeah. Um, so, Kiki, do you want to continue with our advertisement blog? <laughs> <laughs> our part of the advertisement. Well, if you've been listening so far and it's your first time listening to the Metal and High Heels podcast, please subscribe and share our links with your friends. Share it, share it, share it. Everybody should listen to us because we're so cool. No. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, the podcast has a lot of a lot for everybody. We always try to uh, touch on these different kinds of topics and to get a little bit more um, personal with the bands that we interview. We've had a lot of interviews lately, so there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. And this was a very special interview, though. It's um, I'm really happy with how this turned out. So thank you both very much. And thank you, Pia, of course, for co-hosting the show with me. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, say goodbye? Already asked that, or do you mean me? <laughs> um, Nico? I think Nico wanted to say. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm unmuted. I have to say something. No, um, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you also for um, the interesting questions. I really like that it, it was not... Uh, just on the surface, but you, um, it, it seemed like you really wanted to understand where um, the music comes from and where, where we come from personally. So really cool. And um, to everyone, uh, tune in. Um, my cat says bye. I, I think I need to quit now. No, um, <laughs> um, please listen to um, to the, the podcast. Podcast um, uh, really cool. Um, that that. The girls uh, put so much energy energy in in here and also support local bands. This is really appreciated and thank you very much. Also, a big thanks to Cassandra Novell for our awesome jingle that's based on the song "Storm" from the EP EP or album EP "Undying Fire" by her band Mercy Isle. I think that's their full length album. But anyway, ah. "Storm" from Mercy <laughs> Isle. That's our jingle. <laughs> Find out. <laughs> Yeah, metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast 66 is where you will find everything. And that's it. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.